For all the science to satisfy your gut, Deerland brings you Digestible, a podcast breaking down the trends of the nutraceuticals industry. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to another episode of Digestible, a Deerland probiotics and enzymes podcast. We appreciate you joining us for another episode of the show, and I want to make sure that before we get into the main conversation that you're all caught up on our previous conversations and also have some access to supplemental resources on the topics that we're going to be breaking down today. So thanks again for joining us. And while you're listening, head to our website, dearland.com. Again, that's dearland.com. There you'll find other episodes of the show as well as uh, important resources and more information about our solutions and services. You can also subscribe to Digestible on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones. And there's plenty of conversations to be had. You don't want to miss them. All right, folks, on today's episode, we're actually going to be making a call out to all athletes. So if you're an athlete out there, I hope you are listening to today's podcast. We're talking runners, football pros, basketball pros, hockey pros, rock climbers. I mean, you name it, right? Athletes of all kinds are well aware of the importance of keeping their mind and their body healthy through exercise, through mental stimulation, and of course, through a good diet. And with our episode today, we're wanting to clarify one of the areas of a healthy body that doesn't always get the same attention as hitting the gym and, you know, doing your stretches, uh, but is a critical one for a balanced internal ecosystem that actually impacts your mind and the rest of your body's stability and health. So today we're going to be doing a quick but a deep dive on why your microbiome matters so much for sports and active nutrition. Again, we're honing in on that microbiome and how it impacts the life of a sports professional, an athlete, really anyone with that focus on maintaining a healthy mind and body. So for insights today, we're joined by two guests. First up, Dr. John Deaton, VP of Science and Technology at Deerland Probiotics and Enzymes. John, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us. I'm um, looking forward to uh, pulling from your experience today. We'll get into your bio here in one second. Want to introduce our second guest as well. We're joined by Dr. Jeremy Townsend. He's an assistant professor in exercise and nutrition science at Lipscomb University. Jeremy, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you as well for joining us and from you know lending us your expertise on today's conversation. So I want to break down some of y'all's bio and let our audience better understand the perspectives you're bringing to the podcast today. So I'll kind of introduce you to yourself and then open it up for you to fill in any of the gaps. We'll start with um, Jeremy here. So Dr. Townsend is a certified strength and conditioning specialist with distinction through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. He's also a member of the American College of Sports Medicine and the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Uh, Jeremy has published a number of research studies and presentations focused on sports nutrition, on exercise performance, uh, also skeletal muscle physiology and exercise immunology. Jeremy, anything there we haven't touched on. And uh, if you don't mind, expand just a little bit on how all of that ties into our topic today and um, gives you a unique perspective. 
Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for that introduction. I think uh, what I want to share is that while uh, I have a specialty in sport nutrition, it all got kind of started because I was an athlete, right? And I wasn't quite a top level athlete. I played division two sports, um, but I was able to use sport nutrition and training to try to get the most out of my athletic ability. So all of the uh, strategies behind fueling and including you know, probiotics and gut health are of interest to me because I was always searching for every uh, avenue to improve my athletic performance. And, and part of why I got kind of interested in probiotics and gut health is from kind of an immune perspective, uh, because when I was an athlete, I had a lot of stress, you know, trying to you know, pick up with uh, academics, with training, uh, with travel. And I would find myself getting sick or getting uh, feeling run down towards the end of the season. And so when I started reading about, you know, gut health and probiotics and its effect on the immune system, kind of, you know, put off a light in my head like, hey, man, this could really help athletes be able to withstand some of the rigors of training, especially student athletes who have to have you know, academics and social lives and traveling. And so that kind of uh, kind of paved the way for my entry into this field and kind of sparked my interest. So I'm sure we'll get to some of the other uh, data out there regarding that. But that's kind of how I arrived at this uh, this avenue as far as gut health and, and probiotics. What sports did you play just to give our audience a little fun trivia? <laughs> Yeah, I played uh, I played football, so I played uh, middle linebacker. Uh, nice. In high school, I, play, I did track and field and some other things, but in college, uh, football was my sport. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. You got a team? Chicago Bears. So we're struggling nice. lately, but, uh, you know, I'm from Chicago, uh, so I'm still, still a Bears fan. Living in Tennessee now, so I got to get, get to cheer on the Titans. They're doing pretty well, but, you know, still a Bears fan at heart. I feel that. Yeah, I went to the University of Missouri, and it's not like our football team's uh, – much to, uh, you know, uh, call home about, <laughs> but <laughs> alas, I've got a lot of Chicago friends too, and they, they yeah. feel your bear's pain. So yeah, right. I, I empathize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump over to John. So John has done a lot of work with supplement and nutrition companies in the industry, as well as done some work around the development of uh, nutraceutical solutions for products that are specifically for sports and active nutrition He's also uh, focused on prebiotic and probiotic and enzyme research at large. John, can you expand for us, hit some of the highlights of your career, and then intersect that with uh, you know, today's main topic? Yes, I've been with Deerland for uh, over 14 years now. I've been a microbiologist for over uh, 20 years. And so like um, Jeremy mentioned, I, I, you know, we, I've done a lot of research with uh, the microorganisms, um, especially related to the gut uh, the microbiome. Um, and there's just a lot of uh, benefits or a lot of things that uh, your, your gut and your microorganisms, the microbiome is responsible for. Uh, so to, uh, to get the peak, the, the uh, optimal benefits out of your body. And so uh, athletes and, and just active people and really everyone, they spend a lot of time, energy, money, sweat equity, you know, trying to get the, get the most out of their body uh, for whatever application. And so that even includes like e-gamers now in terms of um, uh, cognizance. Um, so the brain gut uh, connection. And so there's definitely a lot of uh, benefits and a lot of things actually start uh, and, um, you spend a lot of portion, a large portion of the activity that occurs, such as digestion, absorption, immunity, uh, in the gut. Um, and so, when you have such a large uh, population of microorganisms or uh, other components besides your cells in there, um, they they are influencing um, and providing a strong impact 
uh, for those uh, activities, those, yeah, those, those benefits. All right, well, thanks for the breakdown there, John. What I want to do now is uh, take both of your uh, career experiences and perspectives and apply them to the topic. So let's jump into the importance of the microbiome for a uh, sports and nutrition-focused lifestyle. So um, again, the gut microbiome is a layered one. There's a lot of active players in there. Uh, I'm curious then if, if you could both weigh in here, why do gut bacteria and the microbiome matter so much, especially for active individuals like athletes and fitness enthusiasts? And kind of uh, connect the dots for us with how the gut microbiome ends up having domino effects across other aspects of maintaining a healthy mind, a healthy body. Yeah, so as far as athletes go, you know, when we have kind of a gut dysbiosis, that can we're finding out that it has wide-reaching effects from uh, skeletal muscle to John mentioned the kind of the gut-brain axis, right? So the metabolites uh, or the the microorganisms in your gut produce metabolites, uh, short-chain fatty acids, and other metabolites that have uh, are able to interact with other organs in the body. So we're finding that um, you know when you have some sort of dysbiosis in the gut, that might uh, affect your cognition during a athletic event. It might affect your uh, perception of fatigue. Um, so you may actually be more susceptible to feeling tired during exercise um, when there is some sort of GI damage or GI dysbiosis. Um, and we also find that when uh, the gut is um, regulated in a positive manner, that also allows the athlete to uh, experience less GI damage during exercise. So when you're an endurance athlete and you're out on the road and it is hot and humid outside and you're becoming dehydrated, uh, what happens is often, you know, we lose a lot of fluid in the body and that also reduces the amount of blood that can, can, can travel to the gut, right? So um, with that comes damage to the cells in your epithelium of your, of your GI tract and that can impair your ability to absorb nutrients, absorb fluids, um, can also promote kind of this inflammatory state. So if we are able to um, promote a, a positive environment in the gut, that can provide kind of a protective effect for the GI tract and kind of minimize some of those um, uh, unwanted side effects of the damage that happens when you're running and you're sweating and you're hot and, and becoming dehydrated. So that's just kind of uh, you know, a brief overview of, of some of the issues that um, maybe specifically endurance athletes uh, uh, encounter uh, and why the gut microbiome may may help kind of regulate those. John, do you have any input on that? Yes. Um, uh, like Jeremy mentioned, I, I think uh, you, you'll see uh, for athletes when you're you're working out, you're producing a lot of uh, free radicals, uh, you're breaking down tissues and, and you're trying to re, uh, recover uh, and, and uh, uh, your your body and then the uh, components in your body all contribute to that. And so especially if you have strong antioxidants, if you have probiotics that are actually producing strong antioxidants, if you actually have uh, probiotics, um, Jeremy mentioned short chain fatty acids. So butyrate is a great one. So if you're producing butyrate, that helps in terms of strengthening the epithelial cell lining. So you, you are able to both protect the body uh, as well as increase the ability to absorb nutrients uh, better. Uh, as well as um, uh, probiotics can provide digestive enzymes, so helping you break down uh, complex molecules so that uh, you're, you're getting the um, base nutrients that you need in order to rebuild uh, the muscle, uh, the um, 
uh, ligaments and things like that. Um, and so, uh, yes, I, I think that there's a lot of components um, uh, that the probiotics are the microorganisms, not just probiotics, but microorganisms of the digestive tract. And then, of course, probiotics can play a huge role in that uh, that can contribute to the, those metabolites can contribute to the uh, uh, health of the body. Uh, both during the activity and also recovering from the activity to get you back in um, so you can uh, start working out again. Yeah, and there's some studies that show, you know, if you provide certain uh, probiotics or you're actually maintaining the GI health, that you can actually improve, you know, carbohydrate utilization during exercise. So uh, that's a huge deal for endurance athletes who are always trying to figure out how they're supposed to get in enough carbs during their marathon, during their ultra marathons to continue to fuel their exercise. So one avenue, obviously, is consuming more cars. But one um, aspect you can approach it from is improving the ability of your gut to be able to extract or absorb those nutrients, right? So, um, you know, and what, what also goes along with that is when these athletes are taking in so much carbohydrates during the race, that can exacerbate some uh, GI distress, right? They have some symptoms of, you know, gas, bloating, uh, some other more <laughs> serious uh, issues as well. And when that, that epithelium of the gut is maintained, uh, you actually have less GI symptoms. So one, you're able to, you know, uh, absorb carbohydrates during exercise, but you're less likely going to have to stop during your race or to um, you know, stop your, stop your uh, exercise because you're not having those subjective symptoms, which for a, an athlete is just as important as the nutrient absorption, right? If they're having these, these GI issues and they, they're having a hard time finishing the race or drinking water that they need during, the, during their activity, um, that is going to produce a huge detriment to their performance. So there's multiple avenues that uh, kind of, if you can approach the, the gut health or gut performance in a certain way, can improve an athlete's ability to maintain their exercise intensity. Let's get a pulse check too on how well known all of this research is, right? Because I feel like we are in a phase of awareness around sort of full body health where, um, you know, I anecdotally, even the most, you know, health conscious folks in my group of friends think about probiotics or think about how their diet impacts their um, workout and their overall fitness, right? But I'm curious if you think that that's actually being represented in the numbers. I don't know if you have specific research, but even just anecdotally, how far along is all of this knowledge in, in uh, leaking its way into the broader fitness and um, athlete community? And where are there some areas where you think, you know, the message could be spread even better? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting question because I think in, in one aspect of it, it's being uh, communicated to the public uh, quite a lot recently. Um, however, maybe the uh, quality information that's being uh, prolated to our athletes isn't always of, of the highest quality, right? On social media, things of that nature, they're getting a lot of conflicting uh, information as far as, you know, what exactly the, the microbiome is, what exactly can we, what do we know about the microbiome and, and how can we modulate that? So as far as probiotics goes, there's a actually, you know, a, a pretty good uh, wealth of research out now over the past decade and a half, maybe, uh, regarding uh, probiotics. Um, athletes are, are becoming more aware of that um, as far as the data comes out, probably the, the strongest data out there right now has to do with um, probiotics and improving your immune health. So being able to withstand upper respiratory fact, tract infections or um, being able to lay sickness or reduce sy symptoms when you do become sick. 
So that data out there is, is a pretty good wealth of knowledge. I'm not sure if it's being relayed to athletes quite as well. Um, the other aspect of that is just the gut microbiome in general. So as far as the an athletic population goes, right now we have a lot of correlational research, right? We're, we're looking at certain taxa, certain bacteria, certain microorganisms, and we're seeing how it correlates to performance or correlates to nutrient absorption or other aspects of fitness. We don't have quite as much data right now is how when we change certain taxa or change certain microorganisms, how that correlates to athletic performance. So the probiotic research, we're getting a little bit more as far as gut microbiome in general and how that relates to fitness. It is a very new field and we are trying to add to uh, these data daily with, with new research studies that are coming out. So I would say athletes are paying attention, um, but as far as the quality of research and what they're seeing, um, I think we're we still got a little ways to go to, to relay some accurate, uh, uh, well, well um, established data for these athletes. Yes, and, and um, I, I think uh, with the uh, – and Jeremy definitely knows athletes a lot more than I do. I know on the trainer side, and I've attended many of these conferences that for um, uh, sports nutrition, and, uh, of course, Jeremy plays a huge role in those uh, conferences. Uh, uh, but uh, in, in terms of the trainers, you see a lot of them from, uh, from the Olympics all the way to – I've met uh, trainers uh, that are – uh, they're directors of NFL, the sports nutrition side, all the way down to, uh, I'm in Georgia, so I've met the, uh, the Falcons trainers, I've met the Hawks trainers, and so you do, both the athletes, they're very deeply concerned. I don't know in terms of knowledge, in terms of how much they truly understand uh, the microbiome um, and the gut, but definitely their trainers are spending a lot of time into, uh, in it and trying to understand it and making sure that they're providing the best information to their athletes uh, so they're getting the best uh, workout, reg being able to set up and uh, the best workout regimens as well as the, um, the diets and the uh, supplementation that these athletes need in order to get the most out of their bodies. Athletes are always looking for any way to improve performance, right? Especially at the elite level. So I would say that you, there might be a difference between kind of uh, your you know, high school or college or uh, lay athletes compared to your elite athletes. Those athletes are pretty dialed in and they have experts that are uh, always scouring uh, the data for for a different uh, intervention that might improve their performance. So I say athletes, like John mentioned, probably are pretty dialed in and at least seeking out some of that data so they can can they can kind of take their performance to the next level. And it seems like uh, from what we're learning about the gut, this is kind of an untapped area, uh, relatively speaking to other other interventions, other strategies, as far as improving athletic performance or just improving overall health. So I think that, you know, athletes are, are dialed in and they're kind of ready and receptive to uh, the uh, increasing amount of data that's coming out uh, as we do more research. Yeah, usually the top areas is protein, repair, and recovery. And again, your microbiome plays a huge role in, in all of those. And so, yes, definitely the people in this, uh, the athletes, the trainers, everyone uh, is, they're very deeply interested in anything that can contribute to that. And then, of course, with uh, your, your gut being the, uh, a major player, obviously a lot of focus is on that. So let's talk about some of the impacts of having a, an imbalanced microbiome or an unhealthy gut, right? I guess more generally, just how does GI distress affect athletes? Because I know athletes seem to often experience digestive discomfort. Um, you know, the term runner's diarrhea comes up often, does not sound like a good time. So 
Walk us through that, some of the domino effects of having an imbalanced microbiome on sort of athlete training, athlete performance, um, the actual day-to-day of, you know, trying to be a, a professional athlete or even just someone with a focus on their uh, bodily health. Break that down for us. What do we see? Yeah, so um, some of the side effects or the um, negative aspects of having have an imbalanced gut or having some GI distress, you mentioned runner's diarrhea. That would be one of the uh, more prevalent, uh, unfortunate uh, side effects of uh, vigorous or intense exercise. So some surveys out there, depending on what study you look at, suggest that between about 60 to 90% of endurance athletes, especially, experience some form of some pretty moderate to severe GI distress during exercise. And we actually completed a uh, recent study here in the lab right behind me, uh, where we actually did the first study looking at resistance trained athletes. And we found that about 70% of our males and females who were resistance trained individuals had some sort of GI distress with nausea and vomiting uh, being one of the highest um, uh, reported symptoms, right? So uh, this is definitely not just an issue for endurance athletes. We just have a little bit more data regarding that. So we'll take we'll take it uh, endurance athletes first. So if they are um, uh, having a lot of stress on their system, one could just be from training and from their day to day life. Um, but some things that also can exacerbate that is a poor diet or poor recovery strategies as well. And so that all plays into how the mucosal lining of the gut is functioning, how the epithelial cells work, how there's these tight junctions that kind of join together our epithelial cells. And when those are damaged or we have kind of a dysbiosis and we're eating crummy foods and it has a kind of wreaking havoc on our GI system, those tight junctions kind of uh, can fall into you know disrepair or they can actually be damaged. And then what happens is when we eat our food, um, some of that food that we're that we're eating, that food stuff, can actually translocate or move through the lining of our gut and enter circulation, and that generally is a bad thing because we don't want that stuff circulating around in our bloodstream. So what our body does is it attacks it like it is an invading pathogen, right? So when you have a you're, you're eating poorly, you have dysbiosis of the gut. When you're exercising stuff is ending up in the bloodstream that's not supposed to be there, and that makes inflammation exacerbated, right? We already have inflammation from working out, and it makes it quite a bit more, right? And that can actually, as what John mentioned, it can play into the whole repair and regeneration process. And we have a term in athletics called overtraining, um, and inflammation has a huge role in that. Overtraining is basically not having enough recovery or training too hard. And when you're eating poorly, you have GI issues, you have uh, exacerbated inflammation. That leads to athletes not being able to get back on the road, not being able to get back in the gym and perform as well as they need to on a day-to-day basis. So um, really what it can do is it can impair your ability to absorb nutrients. It can exacerbate uh, inflammation. Uh, for, for an endurance athlete, that can lead to exacerbated um, you know, runner's diarrhea and other symptoms. On the resistance training side of it, since that I'm just we just finished a study here that's in review, so I can't talk too much about the data just yet. But there's been one study showing that when you have damage to your GI system, so you are, are doing an intense uh, resistance training bout, that actually can lower your ability to absorb dietary protein, right? And so all the meatheads are like, you know, their ears prick up and they're like, whoa, whoa, it actually, you know, impairs my ability to absorb the protein I'm eating. Well, that's actually true, right? We found a direct correlation between a marker called intestinal fatty acid binding protein and your ability to absorb dietary protein. So that that study was done back in 2011. 
but really no one had done much research with resistance training uh, individuals since. So we, what we did is we kind of confirmed those findings. We saw huge increases in GI damage from training um, and subjective symptoms. So what we're doing in the lab here is then taking that a little bit further, and now we're going to try to figure out for resistance trained individuals, what are some interventions that we can do to help maintain that, uh, that gut lining, to help ensure that post-workout when they're chugging their shake and they're, they're drinking their chocolate milk, whatever they're taking in post-workout, that they're going to be able to get all those nutrients, right? So GI symptoms on both sides, endurance athletes worry about carbohydrate utilization, but now it seems like resistance trained individuals, hey, you might have an impaired ability to absorb that protein. Uh, and so those are just a few of the avenues that kind of both sides of the athletic uh, coin, I guess you could say, um, have some concerns with this uh, as far as the gut health goes. And that's, uh, and that's where the role of probiotics uh, are, uh, your microorganisms, uh, your microbiome plays such a, a strong impact. Again, uh, producing digestive uh, enzymes that can help break down those proteins, those uh, uh, sugars, fats, and and uh, protein into small components so that's easily absorbed by the body that uh, doesn't cause an immune or inflammatory response from the body. Because if you're breaking them down into simple amino acids, simple fats or um, fatty acids and things like that, then you're less likely to get a response from the body. Also, it's, it's less likely that it's actually going to damage the epithelial cell lining, the gap junctures, which are very important. Uh, so uh, keeping those molecules or uh, preventing those molecules from building up and, and maintaining or um, coming in at, at a large size, being able to break those down quickly is very important. And then, of course, there's many other mechanisms in terms of bioactive peptides, there's cell signaling molecules, there's many other metabolites that are actually produced by the probiotics uh, or the I say probiotics, but also the microorganisms of the digestive tract uh, that play in that role that Jeremy mentioned, and, and actually all of those facets uh, that he mentioned uh, that can actually uh, reduce uh, or in some cases um, um, prevent um, uh, the issues uh, that can occur uh, with athlete, athletes, especially like uh, uh, nutrient absorption, uh, inflammation, um, being able to... Um, uh, have a healthier um, immune system as well um, so that you're less likely to have um, respiratory issues. You're less likely to come down to something while your body is in a much more stressful uh, condition uh, while you're working out. Yeah, and we actually did a study here uh, with uh, Bacillus subtilis D111, a Deerland product, and we actually gave these this probiotic to uh, our baseball competitive athletes. So throughout their off-season, they took this a probiotic daily with their post-workout shake. So they took it every single day, but on workout days, they actually took it with a protein and carbohydrate recovery shake. And what we did at the end of the study, so the end of their off season, they went through this especially challenging week where they were uh, testing for all their, all their, all their lifts. Uh, they did this like um, team challenge where they were actually kind of like an obstacle course and this really strenuous week where they're competing against each other. But it was also during finals week. So going back to what I mentioned when I first when we first started the, the podcast is when I was getting towards the end of my season, off season, I would always get sick. And so what I with this study, I kind of wanted to replicate like a stressful situation and see how this probiotic might help support their immune system. What we found was it didn't have necessarily uh, large effects on their muscular power and things of that nature. But when we took um, uh, blood markers we saw they had lower levels of a inflammatory cytokine or pro-inflammatory cytokine called TNF-alpha or tumor necrosis factor alpha. And that uh, marker is of interest because there's been previous studies showing that when TNF-alpha is elevated in athletes, 
that actually has a correlation to mood disturbances, impaired sleep, impaired recovery, and usually has a pretty good link to muscle repair and the ability for an athlete to repair after um, an exercise bout. So we actually found with the probiotic, the DE111, that TNF alpha levels were lower in these baseball athletes at the end of their off season, whether they're taking finals, they're doing all the stressful stuff with school. Uh, and so that's kind of, go, speaking of what John said, providing an immune support, this may be one avenue for athletes on a day-in, day-out basis to manage that systemic low-grade inflammation that sometimes happen happens when you are piling other duties and stressful things on top of each other, trying to take care of life, take care of training, recover. Um, we have this powerful uh, immune response right after we do an exercise bout that's, that's natural. It helps us repair our muscles. It's a good thing. But what we don't want is that those inflammatory markers to be constantly elevated, right? So probiotics or, in, or just generally maintaining healthy gut can help reduce that low-grade inflammation that athletes don't want constantly activated while they're trying to recover and go about their normal life. Well, I was actually going to highlight that uh, co-study between Lipscomb University and Deerland, but y'all beat me to the punch. So thank you for jumping on that and breaking that down for us. What I want to do now is, I guess, hit on a, a bit of a last point here as we start to wrap up the conversation, because y'all have both done a great job already of getting into the meat of the impacts of you know a healthy or an unhealthy microbiome on athlete performance and training. And speaking of meat, uh, you know, um, Jeremy, you brought this up yourself, but protein is probably the most well-known and widely used supplement for building muscle and optimizing athletic performance. Um, we also see whey as a popular um, I guess, means to an end for getting that um, daily dose of protein. But we're also seeing a rise in popularity of plant proteins, whether that's foam meats or uh, plant-based uh, protein supplements for, you know, let's say shakes, smoothies, and otherwise, right? Can you be an elite athlete as a vegan, right? Can you still get the kind of protein you need? And can you build the microbiome that you need without consuming literal meat? Yes, no, why or why not? Is it a gray area? You know, walk us through. This has been a really popular issue in the last, uh, you know, I guess a couple of years, decade. Uh, and one of the reasons why it became, you know, even more popular in the late in the, you know, for the general population is that uh, documentary called Game Changers that was on uh, Netflix, right? And I think it, overall it was a decent documentary, right? They, they, they actually were trying to uh, figure out how to uh, kind of convey a message that plant proteins or plant-based diet is better than a, an omnivore diet. I wouldn't go that far, but what I think they could have done really well is shown that elite athletes can still function really well by being a vegan or being a vegetarian or consuming plant proteins, as long as they are taking care uh, of the certain aspects that they need to. So one of the one of the challenges for somebody who is um, only consuming plant proteins is that they take a little bit longer to digest and they're not quite as readily available to the muscle or circulating in the blood as easily as a whey protein or casein protein or meat proteins. Uh, now, a positive benefit of a plant-based diet is you get a lot of dietary fiber. You get a lot of things that the gut loves to feed on. Those microorganisms in your gut need food and plant sources are probably the best source for uh, food for those microorganisms to feed and to thrive, right? So if you're on a plant-based diet, 
you got that going for you. You have other great things going for you. What you sometimes need to do is figure out a way to, one, consume a little bit extra protein. Uh, so generally we recommend that individuals consume about 10% more than their meat-eating individuals because of some of those digestive uh, issues or consuming some sort of digestive enzyme to improve the rate of ability for those amino acids to be available to muscle. So you can be a great elite athlete and still just consume plant proteins. You probably need to consume a little bit more and even using some plant protein supplements might be helpful. So for instance, we did a study here at Lipscomb comparing pea protein and whey protein. Now these weren't in vegan athletes, but these individuals uh, consumed this uh, for eight weeks with a CrossFit workout, pre and post workout. And we found no differences in adaptations between the group that was consuming whey and the group that was consuming this pea protein. So there are avenues, there's ways to do it. Um, I suggest that vegan athletes or vet vegetarian athletes or plant protein connoisseurs, I guess you'd say, uh, you know, do a little bit of reading and figure out maybe how much protein they need to increase, you know, just a little bit more, about 10% more. Uh, but you can do it and you get a lot of other benefits to the gut by consuming those plant sources. So it's a little bit more uh, challenging, but definitely can be done. Yes, and, and again, that's where if you look at DE-111, uh, there's other probiotics as well. And, of course, you have endogenous uh, microorganisms that can do the same thing, but they also can help, uh, like Jeremy said, uh, digest those uh, plant uh, components, uh, the fibers, the uh, cellulose, um, things like that, um, so that your body has access to all those nutrients. Those nutrients can, can sometimes get tied up in the cell wall structures of plants and basically just pass through the body, so you're not really taking advantage of those. Um, being able to break those down efficiently um, and quickly so that your body can take advantage of everything is very important. And so we have both probiotics. We also have digestive enzymes that can do that. So you have your cellul uh, cellulases, hemicellulases, pectinases, all those uh, components are necessary in order to be able to uh, take full advantage of the plant proteins. Um, there's definitely a nutrient uh, content there in plant uh, proteins uh, that are able to drive multiple, uh, muscle protein synthesis, things like, uh, things like that. Uh, but you just really want to be able to have access to them. And then, of course, uh, you may want to have to take a little bit more um, to uh, make sure that you're taking the necessary amounts uh, to uh, fuel those pathways. And a final point here. Um... Can you compare and contrast some of the uh, amino acid contents of going for a plant-based protein diet versus a meat-based protein diet? And should that be part of the consideration as athletes build out, uh, you know, the proper diet for a healthy microbiome? Yeah. So one of the, um, you know, for individuals who might be weary of a, of a plant protein diet only, um, one of the reasons why they might be weary is because of uh, a key amino acid named, called leucine, right? Leucine is the uh, key amino acid that basically is like the switch to turn on muscle protein synthesis or the building of new muscle, right? And so there's a direct correlation between how much leucine you take in and how well those organisms in your body start to turn on that building of new muscle uh, tissue. So plant proteins generally have a lower level of leucine. Um, so sometimes what some companies do is they, they provide a plant protein supplement. And what they do is they kind of augment or they kind of boost the leucine content of that, that plant protein to kind of offset the fact that plants have a general lower level of leucine. So many plant protein supplements are great. They're still completely vegan, but they add some free form leucine amino acids to offset the fact that leucine is generally lower in plant sources. So they're also generally lower in other essential amino acids, 
But leucine is that key trigger that generally, one reason why we want to consume more plant protein if we choose to go to go the route of a vegan diet is because if we consume 10, a little bit 20% more than what we think we would need based off our body size, that helps us make sure that in each meal, we're getting enough leucine to turn that trigger on, right? So every three to four hours, you're able to basically flip the switch and turn your your uh, muscle machinery on that builds new proteins. Um, and it, what you need uh, to do that, you need a certain amount of leucine, call it the leucine threshold or leucine saturation, depending on how much uh, you're taking in. And so by adding a little bit of leucine to your plant protein supplement or choosing one that still has a decently high leucine content, pea protein generally is one of those. Um, that is one way that you, that's one thing you need to be paying attention to if you're looking for a supplement or you're trying, you're tracking your diet. Not just overall protein intake, but hey, how much leucine am I getting in? Because that is that key driver of the repair process. Yes, I, I mean, it, as Jeremy mentioned, branched-chain amino acids, especially uh, specifically leucine, is a, a major um, amino acid. Um, and uh, they've also looked at uh, cysteine, arginine, arginine for the nitric uh, oxide pathway, uh, cysteine for glutathione in terms of uh, uh, free radical elimination. Uh, those amino acids are very important um, with leucine, of course, being the primary driver. Uh, you can balance out uh, the um, uh, formulation so that you are uh, meeting those requirements with a plant-based uh, product, uh, as Jeremy mentioned. It's just making sure that you um, you spend some time investigating, comparing the nutrient content, and, and making sure that it's sufficient for uh, the needs of the athlete. Um, but it's, it's definitely doable. And as we mentioned, uh, there's a, a couple of other components to making sure that you're able to access those nutrients throughout way. Uh, and those can be done again with the right probiotic um, digestive enzyme formulations uh, that again come from actually the natural uh, bacterial and plant um, enzymes that uh, are, are used to, uh, to uh, break those down, um, uh, especially like for herbivores, uh, they have the extra stomach. They have those. They they ha they actually have their own probiotics uh, in, the, in that uh, first stomach, and so we're just basically taking advantage of that. We're pulling those uh, uh, bacterial and, and, and plant enzymes out and providing those as a supplement, so you can actually take advantage of those directly, along with, of course, the uh, the plant proteins that provide the best nutrient uh, content. Yeah, and John mentioned uh, nitric oxide even. You know, if you have a plant-based diet, maybe not solely plants, you consume most plant proteins, you're getting the, you know, the prebiotics, the fiber to feed your microorganisms in, in the gut, but you're also getting uh, a lot of dietary nitrates to actually improve vasodilation, like John mentioned. So maybe uh, even those athletes who consume meat uh, would benefit from starting to, you know, increase their plant intake or at least kind of start to increase the, the quantity of plants that they're consuming in their diet. One, because you're feeding the, the microbes in your gut, you're getting dietary nitrates which help improve blood flow, improve skeletal muscle performance. We're finding out more every single day how even strength and power athletes can benefit from consuming those plant sources, right? So maybe it's not just, you know, that it's just a concern for vegans. You know, most of us should be eating more plants in our diet, but even if you are just consuming plants, plants, proteins, there's definitely some huge benefits for that, but there are just you know, some things that you might want to think about to make sure you're optimizing your diet. So a lot of, a lot of good things to be an omnivore, uh, but if you're a, a vegan, you still, you still have a capacity to uh, uh, compete at a high level. And most of us should be consuming more plants in our diet, just as a general rule of thumb, especially athletes. And I think on that great point, we'll go ahead and wrap up 
today's episode. So thank you so much to the two of you for weighing in today, sharing your expertise and your career experience to help guide us through better understanding why a healthy microbiome matters so much for sports and active nutrition. So again, folks, we've been chatting with doctors Jeremy Townsend and John Deaton. Jeremy is an assistant professor in exercise and nutrition science at Lipscomb University, and John is VP of science and technology at Deerland Probiotics and Enzymes. Uh, Jeremy, if folks want to find out more about some of your work, maybe they want to get in touch, pick your brain on some thought leadership and research, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? Yeah, you can uh, email me directly at jrtownsend at lipscomb.edu, uh, or you can find me on Instagram, jtownsendphd. Um, I'll respond to you on there too. Um, generally, we post our, our uh, latest research on Instagram, our website. Um, we have a lot of stuff that will be coming out soon on resistance training and GI distress. We also have another project um, that we're working on right now, uh, looking at the gut microbiome of resistance trained males and females, comparing those differences. And we have you know, plans to do more research in this area, dietary night, all this, all this cool stuff uh, will be coming out soon. So you can follow me on there or just contact me if you ever want to you know, just you know, chat about the gut. Love it. You're the gut man. Love it, love it. All right. And John, same question to you. If folks want to pick your brain a little bit and they want to um, tap into your research or your thought leadership, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? Sure. Uh, John.Deaton at uh, ADM.com. Um, and, uh, or you can um, follow us uh, at Deerland.com as well. Um, and uh, more than happy to interact with you. Uh, we'd love uh, 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 talking and discussing and, of course, bringing in experts like Jeremy um, it's always a pleasure. John, Jeremy, thanks again for y'all's time today. It was very insightful. I hope our audience learned something actionable they can apply to their day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, health regiment. And uh, I think that there's, you know, naturally plenty more research, like you just said, Jeremy, on this subject coming down the pipeline. So I'm sure we'll have some follow-ups here in the future. But till then, John, Jeremy, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tapping into this episode of Digestible, a Deerland Probiotics and Enzymes podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some previous episodes or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future conversations, make sure that you're headed to our website, Deerland.com. Again, that's Deerland.com. You can also subscribe to Digestible on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Digestible.